0: informed, and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day.
2: With the latest in breaking news
3: and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's
2: serious.
4: It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time.
3: Good morning to you. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. It's the Feast of St. Thomas More and John Fisher. They were two courageous martyrs who stood firmly for their Catholic faith. During the tumultuous reign of King Henry VIII in England, both men faced persecution and ultimately gave their lives rather than renounce their allegiance to the Pope and to the Catholic Church. Sir Thomas More was born in 1478 and was a prominent lawyer and statesman who served as Lord Chancellor of England. However, when Henry VIII declared himself the head of the newly established Anglican Church, Moore refused to acknowledge the king's authority over the Pope. He argued that such an act violated the foundations of Christendom and the law of England itself. Moore was imprisoned in the Tower of London for two years, during which time he wrote the book Dialogue of the Comfort Against Tribulation, using metaphorical language to portray Henry VIII as the Great Turk and the threat of Protestantism as a danger to the unity of the Catholic faith. More believed that the suffering he endured was nothing compared to the eternal reward of heavenly glory that awaited those who remained faithful to Christ. While St. John Henry Fisher, born in 1469, was a respected bishop and theologian, he opposed Henry VIII's divorce from Catherine of Aragon and the establishment of the England Church. Fisher refused to swear an oath recognizing the king as the supreme head of the Church of England leading to his imprisonment in the Tower of London. And despite his old age and illness, Fisher remained steadfast in his faith. And on the day of his execution, he calmly read the Gospel of St. John and asked for the prayers of the onlookers. He steadfastly refused, offers of pardon if he renounced his position, choosing instead to embrace martyrdom. Both Moore and Fisher exemplified unwavering loyalty to their Catholic faith, and even in the face of intense persecution, ...and a threat of death. Their stories serve as powerful reminders of the importance of standing up for one's convictions... ...even when it comes at a great personal cost. They remind us that true glory and honor lie in fidelity to God... ...and that the rewards of heaven far surpass any temporal suffering or loss. Their examples continue to inspire Catholics around the world to remain steadfast in their faith... ...and to live according to their deeply held beliefs regardless of the challenges they may face. Saints Thomas Mann, Thomas Moore and John Fisher pray for us. Happy Thursday to you. I hope you are having a blessed week. We are almost to the weekend. Can you believe it? It's already Thursday. Oh. Just one more day until we hit the weekend. One more. And joining us right now is uh, Tito Edwards. Good morning, Tito.
5: Good morning, Adrian. Yes, today's Thursday. One more day for tomorrow the feasts of uh, St. Thomas More and and Bishop John Fisher, uh, two great witnesses, two martyrs, two red martyrs to our faith. uh, I believe St. Thomas More is a patron saint of lawyers, and we certainly need uh, more Fishers right now, Uh, Bishop Fishers here in the Catholic Church, because we are experiencing an uh, an increase. Not since pagan Rome have high seen anything that's going on around us with this
3: woke stuff well there you go well despite all the bad things going on in the world it's still good to be here oh yeah it's always good to be here now the uh, coming up in the show today speaking of bad news though speaking of despite all the bad news in the world uh putin vows to deploy the world's most powerful nuke and warning to the west well that's concerning Uh, What's the uh, way to look at that? We'll talk about that at 15 past hour. Plus, bereaved mother testifies against California's gender affirmation bill. This is a truly tragic story, and we're going to talk about that. It's crazy how the people are so confused today, and we have a special guest who are going to explain to us. Uh, what people are not understanding. So that's going to come up at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Ross Knight, a Louisiana farmer, is facing economic hit after social media post touting his Catholic faith called out Pride Month. A very, very interesting story, and he's uh, kind of made the rounds. He's been on Fox News, amongst other many other places, and he. we're going to be talking to him today about his situation in Louisiana. It was actually a really, really inspiring story when I heard about it. In the next hour, whew, America Magazine, America <laughs> Magazine, tisk tisk tisk. They have put out an article <laughs> saying Taylor Swift's Eras Tour concert felt like a a lot like going to mass. What? what? So it's a uh, no bueno, <laughs> to say the least. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit about this article, and then we're gonna give uh, some uh, proper understandings of the Holy Mass. In the next hour, plus, as always, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show and where prizes are, in fact, involved so you could be a winner. So make sure you tune in in the next hour for our Fear and Trembling Game Show. But let's begin with prayer, as is our custom. Uh, We're going to pray for whatever it is that you have going on in your life. We pray for your intentions, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. We pray for the end to the scourge of abortion, and especially during the month of June, we pray for the virtue of humility over the sin of pride, and we pray for the smashing of the LGBT heresy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My loving Jesus, out of the grateful love I bear thee, and as a reparation for all my unfaithfulness, I give thee my heart, and I consecrate myself wholly to thee. And with thy aid, I propose never to sin again. Heart of Jesus, burning with love for us, inflame our hearts with love of thee. Let us pray, Lord, we beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit kindle in our hearts that fire of charity, which our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, sent forth from his innermost heart upon this earth, and will that it should burn with vehemence, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the same Holy Ghost, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards.
5: Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. Crux is reporting a recent decision by the Biden administration to allow a deadline for appeal to pass in effect preserves a federal ruling that the government cannot mandate religious doctors and hospitals to provide gender transition care against their religious beliefs. The Biden administration had until June 20th to appeal the federal ruling from December, which permanently protected religious doctors and hospitals from gender transition care mandates. The federal government added to the affordable care act, In 2016, if elected not to do so, it elected not to do so. The development comes about a week after the U.S. bishops voted to revise their ethical and religious directives for Catholic health care services, specifically to address if Catholic health care providers can provide gender-affirming care. Ahead of the vote, among other things, multiple bishops noted the need to investigate political legal ramifications of any revisions. Catholic news agencies reporting the ongoing war between Azerbaijan and Armenia threatens the existence of Christian communities in the Near East. Former Ambassador-at-Large for International Religious Freedom, Sam Brownback, and other Christian leaders warned in a Tuesday press briefing. Brownback, who is Catholic, called Islamic Azerbaijan's invasion of Armenia and its ongoing blockade of the Nagorno-Karabakh region the latest attempt at religious cleansing of the Christian nation. Catholic World News and AP are reporting on June 21st, Pope Francis received President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, popularly known as Lula. With 217 million people, Brazil ranks 7th in population among the nations of the world. It is 64% Catholic. And finally, 1440 email news is reporting math and reading test scores among U.S. 13-year-olds declined significantly since 2019. According to figures released yesterday from the National Assessment of Education
3: Progress, those were your headlines this morning. God bless you all. The gospel of the day comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 15. Moreover, when you are at prayer, do not use many phrases like the heathens who think to make themselves heard by their eloquence. You are not to be like them. Your heavenly father knows well what your needs are before you ask him this then is to be your prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil amen your heavenly father will forgive you your transgressions if you forgive your fellow men theirs, if you do not forgive them, your Heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions either. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a couple of things here. One thing is here at verse 7 is a phrase that a lot of Protestants will like to use against Catholics praying the rosary. They'll say, well... It says right here in Scripture, do not use many phrases like the heathens who think to make themselves heard by their eloquence. What they fail to realize is that this is not what the Protestants will say is, quote-unquote, vain repetition. Instead, this is the praying of the, the words of the gospel. It's a praying of the of scripture itself. Whereas what our Lord is referring to here about trying to make themselves heard by their eloquence is praying this kind of extemporaneous prayer that just goes on and on and on, where you see people trying to just, they're trying to make up this long prayer asking for this, asking for that. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, for that. And it goes on and on and on and on. This is uh, what they're talking about here. Instead, our Lord knows what you're asking. And so we have a set uh, prayer that our Lord gave as like a format of, okay, this is the manner in which you pray. And yes, we should be praying always. But it doesn't have to be this extemporaneous prayer that we just kind of go on forever. Now, uh, the passage here from those hallowed be thy name from Cornelius lapide He says more correctly, therefore, St. Augustine and Christendom say and others explain thus grant, O Lord, that not the name of idols or devils or Mohammed or Arius or Luther or Calvin, but that thy name may be hallowed among men. Now here uh, he goes on commenting on thy will be done. He says, now the will of God is twofold, the will of well-pleasing and the will of signification, or absolute and optative will. The will of well-pleasing in God is that with which God absolutely wills a thing to be done, which will is always fulfilled and which nothing can hinder or delay, according to the worm words of Psalm uh, the Psalms. whatsoever the Lord pleased that did he in heaven and earth, and is in Isaiah, all my counsel shall stand, and all my will shall be done. In this will we must acquiesce, either by rejoicing at it, or by submitting to the adversity which it may bring upon us. Now the will of signification is that by which God significizes that he wishes his laws and precepts, which he has imposed upon us to be done by us. All the fathers understand this petition to speak of the second will, The words, therefore, do not apply directly to God's will of efficacy and good pleasure, for it cannot but be fulfilled, but to the desiring and commanding will of God, which theologians call significative. So this is what's important to note here is that he's saying here there's two wills essentially from God. Now, obviously, this can be breaking down further, but for our purposes, there are two wills of God. There is the will that God actively wills, and that active will of God is one that always occurs. When God wills it, it happens. God spoke and the world world was created. And then there's the passive will of God. And this passive will of God is things that God desires, but he does not force. He does not speak into existence. And so here he's saying God's will be done. Well, of course, he's talking about the passive will of God, the will that God desires, but he does not enforce. He, why does that happen? It's because if, if God enforced it, then we could not seek to carry out his will. So it is in order that we may submit ourselves to the will of God that he allows us to reject him. Because if we could not reject him, then we could never truly love him because we never choose. We can never make that choice. Now, Cornelius Lapide he kind of summarizes the Our Father as follows He says, Our Father, O most holy creator, our redeemer, our savior, our comforter, who art in heaven, in the angels, in the saints, Illuminating them with the knowledge of thyself, for thou, O Lord, art light, inflaming them with thy divine love. For thou, Lord, art love, dwelling in them and filling them with blessing. For thou, O Lord, art the chief and everlasting good, from whom are all, and without whom is no good. Hallowed be thy name, that we may have a clear knowledge of thee, that we may know the breadth of thy kindness, the length of thy promises, the height of thy majesty, and the depths of thy judgment. Thy kingdom come that thou mayest reign in us by thy grace and make us to come to thy kingdom where there is the open vision of thee and where thy love is perfected and where thy company and fruition of thee are everlasting. So may we be with our lady and be with our Lord in heaven and see them face to face. We'll be right back with more after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising
4: at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to share your Catholic faith with one another.
1: Wouldn't it be great
4: if everyone eagerly shared their faith? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because there are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. G.K. Chesterton says, you might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the Encyclopedia, is meant for everybody and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it, without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org
3: And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be here with you today. It's always good to be here. The sun's beginning to rise and it's always good to see the sun rise. So keep in mind The rising sun, especially with amidst all the bad news, despite all the bad news and the news and the headlines, it's always good to be here. Now, reporting from Timcast News, this is a very concerning story. Um, There's not really much that we can do about it. There's only a couple things that I can recommend to you, but let us go start with the story. Putin vows to deploy world's most powerful nuke and warning to the West. Russia's Satan-2, I think it's pronounced Satan, but I'm going to say Satan, missile uh, can carry a payload of 4,000 times more powerful than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Russian President Vladimir Putin has vowed to deploy in the near future. He's saying, "quote, almost half our strategic missile forces units are equipped with the newest Yars complexes. Troops are being reequipped." With modern missile systems, with the avant-garde hypersonic warhead, he said. In the nearest future, the first launch pads of Sarmat with a new heavy missile will be put on combat duty. The arsenals of the aviation and naval components of the strategic nuclear forces are being replenished. End quote. Now, this is a very concerning story. And stories like this, I tend not to bring up too much just because there are a lot of things internationally that are going on, and it's good to be aware of them. There's not really much that we can do about it. Um, what What this reminds me of, though, and why I wanted to bring this up as a topic of discussion is because Our Lady of Fatima came in 1917, and when she appeared in 1917, she had told us that if Men did not repent. If we failed to start praying the rosaries, if we did not have amendment of life, if we did not make acts of reparation and keep the first Saturdays, then a greater war war would break out. That was World War II. That Russia would spread her errors and the Holy Father would have much to suffer. She said that the fire would rain from heaven and nations would be annihilated. Now, many people at the time uh, thought that this was a reference to many other things. But what we do know is that many of those things have not happened. Whether or not you believe the consecration of Russia happened or not is kind of inconsequential. Because whether or not the consecration happened, I don't think it did. I'm not, not convinced. But even if you believe it did happen... Are you keeping the first Saturdays? Do you pray the rosary every day? Have you had a amendment of life? I know I've missed most of the first Saturdays. I try to make the first Saturdays, but many times I miss it. Have you made your first Saturdays? No. Maybe we should keep every first Saturday and just not just the first five. Just to play it safe, yeah. And this is what we have to do. This is the answer to the problems. There is no political solution. At the end of the day, yes, we want good politics. Yes, we want people who are going to make the most prudent decisions to lead to peace in the world. But at the end of the day, the only way we have peace is through the reign of Mary. Because Our Lady had promised that in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Now, this is what bothers me when people say that the consecration of Russia happened and that the Fatima prophecies have been fulfilled. That doesn't make sense to me. Because Our Lady promised in the end her Immaculate Heart would triumph. And I don't know about you. I look around in the world today and I don't see the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. I don't see the reign of Mary. Do you? I don't. I see war, I see slavery, I see trafficking, I see abortion, I see the promotion of LGBT heresy. I see pride being lifted up as a virtue. I see those calling evil good and good evil. I see men dressing as women and women dressing as men. I see everything the Bible condemns going on all over the world and in our country. And I'm supposed to think that the Immaculate Heart of Mary has triumphed? No, I don't think so. So let's pray. Let's pray the rosary. Let's make our first Saturdays. And let's make acts of reparation. And ultimately, let's have a amendment of life. Who among us can say that we have had a amendment of life? I know every day I need a amendment of life. Every single day I need a amendment of life. This is why I go to confession as often as I do. It's because I know I need a amendment of life. I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I do not even attempt to even claim it. It scares me to think about my own salvation. So what can we do about this situation in Russia? Well, this is what we can do. This is something that we can do. We can't uh, make anybody do consecrations. We can't change the laws in Russia. We can't go over to Russia and start converting uh, Vladimir Putin. That's not something we can do. But we can do what we can right here in our neighborhood, right here in our families, and right here in our own hearts. So let's start there. And we can move forward. Now, this other story reported from Catholic Vote. Bereaved mother testifies against California gender affirmation bill. A Californian mother last Wednesday testified against a newly passed bill in California that critics say empowers the state to abduct the children of parents who will not quote-unquote affirm their gender dysphoric kids. In a statement delivered at a California Judiciary Senate hearing abigail martinez described how child protective services removed her 16 year old daughter from her custody after she was reported by the girls school counselor and a group of lgbtq activists for not affirming the child's claim that she was a boy the bill ab957 includes parental affirmation of a child's gender identity as a necessary component of the child's health safety and welfare she said, quote, my daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claimed I was abusive for not affirming her trans identity. I lost my daughter over a name and pronouns. Even after I promised to call her a male name, it wasn't enough. She was given testosterone instead of therapy and was used as a pawn to raise money by the LGBT group that aided her emancipation. Martinez explained to the committee that her daughter was not a boy trapped in a girl's body, but a young girl with mental health issues in dire need of treatment and care. Parents are given one option to treat their distressed child, affirm drug and remove their healthy body part or else you lose your child. Now, this goes on further, and I recommend reading the entirety of it to realize how scary of a situation this is but i will just read to you the end of here it says here a california state senator scott wilk said it, told the california state judiciary committee and parents including martinez gathered on june 13th if you love your children you need to flee california you need to flee this is the message for people who live in places where they can just take your kids for believing things that are so clear now we have a special guest on it to tell us about uh who and what this whole situation is um taylor could you uh play that little interview there
1: What's the second verse? boys are boys from the beginning girls are girls right from the start everybody's fancy everybody's fine your body's fancy and so is mine because sometimes children think that they might change they might have to change after a while, and you know we laugh about that now, but it's because we had that concern when we were little. Yeah, because you're really not sure, and you thought maybe you'd become a girl, or the girl would become a boy, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Happens frequently out here. Uh,
6: sometimes.
3: And then uh, he this. So you might recognize that voice. That's Mr. Rogers. And he may know or may not know what he's referring to here. And so we're going to play the little message that he has for kids who are struggling with this issue, which he didn't even know was going to be an issue. But yet very prophetically, what, this is what Mr. Rogers has to say.
1: Boys are boys from the beginning If you were born a boy, you stay a boy Girls are girls right from the start If you were born a girl, you stay a girl And grow up to be a lady Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine Your body's fancy, and so is mine Only girls can be the mommies Boys can be the daddies Yes, sir Everybody's fancy Everybody's fine Your body's fancy And so is
3: mine It's very, very simple It's very, very simple Very, very straightforward Something that everybody believed In fact, it's, it's very telling that When he's in that interview and he mentions it The audience all laughs They laugh at the idea That Someone needs to be told, you're a boy, if you're a boy, and that it, you're a girl, if you're a girl. And he's like, hey, there's a lot of confusion here. And the host of the late night show tells him, well, I guess there's some people like that here. He's referring to California. Uh, Johnny Carson. And it's, uh, that's back then. All the way back then, they were still struggling with this issue. It was still popping up. It was rearing its ugly head. And it's kind of funny. How a very common sense thing. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. This is the message you have to tell these kids. These children who are struggling. Who are confused. Who are being brainwashed. All that's need is gender affirming care. But actual affirming care. It's not affirming to say let me mutilate your body. Instead, it's affirming to do what Mr. Rogers just did, where he says, hey, you. if you're a boy, you stay a boy, and only boys can be daddies. If you're a girl, you stay a girl, and only girls can be mommies. It's very clear, very straightforward. It's almost comedic in its simplicity. And yet, could you imagine a TV show saying this today? Could you imagine a chosen show saying some basic truths like this? There would be riots in the streets. They'd be called a homophobe, a transphobe, a bigot. For what? Telling the truth? These kids are being mutilated, are being destroyed, are being attacked. And so many people are just afraid. They're afraid to stand up and fight for what's right. They're afraid to stand up for the truth. And here's the catch. If you're afraid to stand up for the truth, ultimately, you're afraid to stand up for Christ. Because Christ is the truth. Our Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you reject the truth, you reject Christ. If you hide him under a bushel basket, then what's the point? But no, no, our Lord, who is the light of the world, the light that shined in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. We should raise him up and let him shine before men. Speaking of shining before men, we have a special guest talking about this coming up in just one moment.
0: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions about Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitively no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrinal issues, such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity, did not rid the unbiblical practices they despised but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs secondly natural reason well if the bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs the very fact that such division prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed and thirdly the golden twins sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all christian truth doctrines and beliefs remember identical twins come from one egg
2: I don't know why I turned on my radio, because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality.
6: The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
5: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Thursday, June 22, 2023, in the year of our Lord, and these are your headlines for this morning. LifeSite News is reporting YouTube censors Ruth Institute interview clip about link between abortion, breast cancer. YouTube does not want the public to know about the abortion breast cancer link, so it shuts down any discussion of the matter under the guise of protecting the public from misinformation. How convenient, Dr. Jennifer Robach-Morse said. Last week, a clip from a video of Ruth Institute President Dr. Jennifer Roback-Moore speaking with biologist Dr. Joel Brind was removed from the Google-owned YouTube for violating the streaming platform's, quote, medical misinformation policy, end quote. Catholic News Agency is reporting, due to an intense heat wave and drought that has spread in various parts of Mexico, a more than 400-year-old Catholic church has completely emerged from the waters in the state of Chiapas. The church of the disappeared town of San Juan Cochula, dedicated to the Apostle James the Greater and built by Dominican friars who evangelized the region headed by Friar Bartolomo de las Casas in the 16th century, was flooded in 1966 with the construction of the Nesajolacoatol Hydroelectric Dam, also known as the Malpaso Dam. In recent years, the upper part of the church has remained visible and tourists could approach it using boats. Vatican News is reporting on the 40th anniversary of the disappearance of Emanuela Orlandi on the 22nd of June, 1983. The promoter of justice of Vatican City State Alessandro Didi has stated that he has forwarded the acts of his office's investigation to the public prosecutor's office in Rome. In a statement made public by the Holy See Press Office in response to journalists' questions, Didi's office reports that in recent months this office has collected all the evidence available in the various institutions of the Vatican and the Holy See, while also seeking evidence through conversations with persons in charge of certain office at the time of the events. And finally, 1440, email news is reporting archaeologists have found an ancient Mayan city in the jungles of the Yucatan Peninsula in southern Mexico using aerial laser mapping technology. The previously unknown city of 123 acres includes pyramid-like structures measuring more than 50 feet in height, a ball court, stone columns, and three plazas. Archaeologists have named the city Okumutun, the Mayan word for a stone column. The research team found the site an ecological reserve in the state of Campeche. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a
3: Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. Uh, joining us right now is Ross McKnight. He is from the great state of Louisiana, a one of the last bastions of Catholicism, though Moses has, kind of has a very negative reputation, but we're working on fixing that, I'm sure. Uh, joining us right now, he told us about his situation where he got, uh, they tried to cancel him and it turned out to work in God's favor. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. McKnight.
7: Oh, Ave Maria, good to be
3: here. And praise be to God. Now, many people may be familiar with the story, many who may not. I know it's, you got uh, quite the bit of coverage, but for those who have not heard your story, give us a rundown.
7: Sure. So,
3: um, we made an Instagram post
7: suggesting that everyone celebrate the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. June is the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It was dedicated to the, uh, commemoration and honor of the Sacred Heart by Pope Blessed Pius IX in 1856. So made an Instagram post during the month of June because the month of June is very frustrating for us Catholics, uh, seeing all of this degeneracy going on around us and being unable to seemingly feeling helpless, you know, like we can't do anything. So we just made a post saying, hey, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to give an antidote to a false pride. It's the sacred heart. Here are some devotions you can do. And then um, pretty quickly after I was actually in the middle of uh, well, I'm a farmer. So I was slaughtering animals, <laughs> I was slaughtering uh, uh, chickens for one of our customers. And I got a text that, well, he wouldn't be receiving those because of. Uh, of my comments. And then I uh, got another text from another one of our accounts saying something similar, which was pretty devastating for us because we're such a tiny operation. But uh, that's the, that's the very short version.
3: <laughs> very good. And in many people maybe uh, saying, okay, well, did you, that sounds very strange. Usually people don't get canceled just for bringing up the sacred heart. Usually it's because you come after the LGBT mob. Um, so let me know. Did uh, how did that aspect of it come into play? Right. So I believe
7: the phrase they fixated on was uh, as per, we were pro- providing antidotes to a false pride. Mm. Um, so I, I suppose they picked up on the the pointedness of that comment, and uh, that's what what set them off. It seemed a little bit coordinated. You know, they texted me in pretty close succession. Um, so I must have. I must have angered someone in particular, which is fine. Very uh, interesting. It, it was the pro- seeing
3: yeah. the level, the, the kind of people like, okay, you kind of seem like, uh, okay, these people have a uh, a little group chat together or something like that. I a, think so. Kind of interaction. It, it did seem
7: that way. Yeah. I mean, I can't obviously verify that. It just, the way that it came about, it seems that
3: way. Yeah, definitely. It's very interesting though, because the, this always could be, this it always has a potential to be utterly disastrous. What was your reaction when it happened? Were you thinking, okay, well, I mean, we've seen many people in the past when things like this happen, they fold immediately. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll delete the post. It's gone. No more of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But what was your reaction to this? I remember calling uh, one of the
7: restaurant owners who I've had a longstanding relationship with and we talked a bit. And of course we had really nothing in common ideologically. Uh, (laughs) But um, the... I I did say well, you know, I can't apologize for this, you know. Um so he said I don't expect you to. So at least there was that uh exchange. And um Some You know, I Yeah, I was I was definitely in dismay because it was it was just a huge deal. Um we were receiving birds the next day many of which no longer had a place to go once they were fully grown out. Um and we were re- working late that day preparing to receive them. So it was not a comfortable
3: uh, evening. We'll just say. And so uh, many people then would have would have tried to say, okay, well, I got to figure out something to do, and have very much a justifiably worldly concerns about, okay, how am I going to make money? How am I going to put food on the table? Well, obviously you got food there, but uh, you got to make a living. So, Mm -hmm. what was your uh, reaction in in terms of that, and and providing for your family, especially balancing this, uh, your the faith and the secular concerns. Yeah, I know. I knew that I, you know, obviously
7: backing down and recanting, if you will, was not an option, but I, I had all the human emotions that you would have, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's rather, uh, it's rather distressing, <laughs> you know, knowing that you're, you've kind of lost your income for the summer. Our pri- that's basically what it was, is losing our main income for the summer. Oh my. Um, to, to keep the farm afloat between the end of the foie gras season, and the beginning of the foie gras season. Uh, so summer, summer's a little strange for us anyway, but, um, uh, yeah, it was, I, I had to continue to tell myself, you know, with the rational voice that God's going to provide in some way. Um, but I was certainly going through all the human emotions, of course, you know, that you would experience during, during something as a, as distressing as that. Yeah.
3: yeah. My favorite thing about the situation that you found yourself in is the response from the faithful. And it seemed as though that there was almost a, a rallying cry around you where people from all walks of life, whether they be, people who attend the Church of Latin Mass or the people who go to the Society of St. Pius X or the people who attend the Novus Ordo, we're all saying, well, this man clearly loves our Lord and we don't really care about the rest of it. Uh, What was your what was kind of the reception you received from the Catholic community? Beyond anything I ever could have anticipated. Um,
7: It's rather providential how it came about, actually. A friend of mine who's not Catholic, but who's in very, uh, very dire danger of becoming catholic <laughs> uh, he uh he actually came a lot of people were coming by the farm the next day and the day after that to to help out to buy products you know and to to just try to do what to do what they can you know with what their family could use uh to help us get through this and he said that he was in the area he wanted to stop by His name's harrison he stopped by I start talking to him about things as if he knows what's going on and apparently he has no idea what's happened. Um, okay. and <laughs> yeah, it's a strange thing. So, uh, he gets really frustrated though, you know, justifiably so, very angry. Um, and he, he's, uh, his business is such that he has some following on Twitter. So he goes on Twitter and he posts about it. And that's where actually the Federalist picked up on it and then Fox News after that. And then, you know, successively, you know, I'm talking to you now. So, it's, um, it, it was, everything was just, has been since that time, very clear, uh, as far as the action of divine providence and really an outpouring of God's love because yeah, the sacred Heart wanted to be promoted. And here we are, you and I talking about it, promoting the sacred heart, um, wanted to be promoted. And this is the way that he did it. And I think it's beautiful and hilariously ironic. And, um, you know, we're just, happy
3: warriors i guess at this point <laughs> amen amen <laughs> yeah i mean so. sometimes i suppose uh, some people sign up for war and others uh, war gets thrust upon them and you just have to uh take it as it comes we're going to go to a quick break when we come back i want to discuss the sacred heart a little bit and the opportunity what it was like to uh kind of go to secular audiences and talk about the sacred heart in relation to your situation all this and more coming up just after this break don't go anywhere god bless you god love you and we'll see you in just
0: one moment Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. you know what are the two most common questions after attending a non-Catholic church service? Answer, how is the preaching and how is the worship? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, evaluation of worship? That's odd. Who's evaluating worship? Well, here's what really is meant by that. How is the music, the singing, and the audible response of the people? And if that were important, wouldn't that be our Lord's decision anyway? Secondly, Catholic teaching. Worship is fundamentally not tied to music and song, though it can be so. Supported by music and song, the 2,000-year history of Catholic worship is primarily about the representing of Jesus' unbloody, timeless sacrifice on every Catholic altar. It is that moment when the bread and wine are changed into Jesus' own body and blood. We then participate in that worship by bringing our own sacrifice of self, whether sorrow or praise. And thirdly, my take: the only evaluation that should be considered after a church or a mass is the evaluation of heart and actions. That is, did we grow in obedience to the royal law of love? Help us, Father. Hey Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer?
8: The gospel of Luke.
0: Do we worship Mary?
4: No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn,
3: love, and pass it on. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. The sun is rising. And you know what that means? The Son of God has risen from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise be his most sacred heart. Uh, Joining us right now is Ross McKnight. The uh, the left attempted to cancel him, try to say, you know what? Uh, You're trying to promote devotion to our Lord well, then we're going to try to take your income away. And yet he stands tall. So thank you for joining us, Mr. McKnight. Now, I'm curious to know what it was like whenever you were invited to speak with people like The Federalist, Fox News, other secular outlets. Now, what's it like to bring up religious topics and the Catholic faith, and most particularly the Sacred Heart, uh, amongst these audiences?
7: A tremendous honor. Um, but you mentioned the Catholic community kind of I believe uh, someone has said, uh, "circling the wagons around us," right? And it was uh, so. The writer, Avita Duffy-Alonzo, at the Federalist is Catholic. One of nine children, I believe. Oh wow! And her mother, yeah, her her mother uh, is uh, Rachel Campos Duffy, who's one of the hosts of Fox and Friends. And so Rachel is the one who invited me on Fox and Friends. So. So it was a Catholic conspiracy, um, but it was it was beautiful. It was you know, beautiful it's because...
3: funny you say that. It, it's funny you say that, though, because I was talking to a friend of mine recently who's out of California, and she was telling me that uh, she's like, you know, it really bothers me how the Catholic community is not like the Jews. He, she's like the and she's like in Hollywood, and she's like, it's not it's not a conspiracy. It's not anti-Semitic. It's just a fact. That if you yes, are trying to work in Hollywood, in California, if you're Jewish, it becomes much easier. Because they're like, hey, you're Jewish, I'm Jewish, we're going to help each other out. I'm going to give the job to you instead of someone else. I'm going to help you out because you're a brother. And she's like, the Catholics don't do that. Yes. Catholics don't help other Catholics. We're like, mm, no, I'm just going to help whoever I think is uh, most beneficial for the company. And stop to, don't, don't stop to think, let me help my brothers That's first right. and foremost. What are your thoughts on that before we go any further?
7: Certainly. Okay. So a little bit of a touchy subject, <laughs> but, um but it's true. Um I've noticed there's an issue, especially, you know, it, it's, it's, it's strange. So the situation that I ended up in, right. Would have been a non-event if let's just say it doesn't have to necessarily just be my Catholic community, but my local community, if, you know, if enough families bought one item from me each week, then I wouldn't have to rely on restaurant business at all. So, um, I think I said at one point, you know, if everyone in my, uh, at my, where I go to the Latin mass, every family bought one item per week, I think we'd pretty much cover it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I, we're such a small scale. So that would, that would pretty much cover what we need to sell. So there is that need. We don't have the same resiliency, um, maybe that the Jewish community has because we, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. I haven't been able to put my finger on it. (laughs) Yeah, but um, but it's definitely something we need to talk about and work on. And yeah, help your brother, help your neighbor. People came out of the woodwork to support me.
5: Have you considered
7: extreme acts of charity? I think on my behalf. Have you Um, considered? We can also make these things non-events if we're more supportive on a daily basis.
5: Have you considered Catholic online fundraising?
7: Yeah, um, Harrison's the one who set up, uh, the fundraiser for us and we've been well taken care of. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, we, we, Amen. that's the crazy thing is this turned from They're a very gratis. bad situation. It's an extremely good situation because of people's just seeing the need. And also, I think, uh, look, they saw that this was their cause too. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so we're so grateful for that. People have been so generous to us, people we don't know. You know, from across the country.
3: No, that's so. great. And I think that's very interesting, too, because I think that's one thing that I always try to do. And I think I really appreciate about the Guadalupe Radio Network, what the radio station tries to do whenever we are doing anything or needing services. We always look to find and hire Catholics first, uh, and then we go outward from there before yeah. if we uh, can't find Catholics to do a job, then we'll get someone else to do it. But we always try to support the Catholic and the local Catholic community first and foremost uh, whenever wherever we're at. And I think that's something that we can all do, find out people at your parish, people locally, what are they doing that you could support or maybe services you need? You don't need to say, hey, I'm going to go out of my way to purchase things I don't actually need. And what are people right. providing that you actually need and then get them from your your neighbor? Absolutely. You've
7: probably got a plumber. You've probably got an electrician at your parish or your uh, chapel, you know, just they're there. You just got to find them. And and that's what community is, is knowing the people around you anyway. And I think it's something we can all really do better at, myself included. Um, and there's a very practical reason for this, and that's that who do you want to be, um, you know, well taken care of in your community are the people that you can count on to behave well, <laughs> according to the gospel, you know, or at least hold them accountable to that. And you want those families to be the ones that flourish and propagate, and uh, build society and so if we're contributing to that on a material level that's a very practical way of, of practicing the faith too
3: amen amen that's exactly right and you know you're wearing the uh the sacred core the sacred heart on your chest right now and it reminds me of um there's the the song of fidelity i'm sure you're familiar
7: a croix.
3: Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. And this, uh, for those who are unaware, this song is uh, about the, the French Revolution, and the 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 heroes of the Vendee rising up and be able to uh, to fight against the French revolutionaries. And I just I just love some of the lines in it. It's like the blood that flows through my veins bids me fight for virtue this day. Um, these knights of manly ideals, these they train their arms to defend every truth the church had revealed. Like these these men. And they remind me of you, Mr. McKnight, because they were farmers. <laughs> they were yeah. just, they were farmers and ranchers, and they were just trying to live their life out in the country, and they realized, hey, I gotta go to war. I gotta fight for the faith. And when they tried to go home, and the story goes that their wives were like, no, 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 we're good here. Y'all go back and keep fighting. And so, Aww. has yeah. this story inspired you at all? Vive le roi. Unbelievable. Yeah. Vive Dieu. Vive le
7: roi. Uh, it's, uh, it- Unbelievable inspiration. And yes. uh, So what's interesting in the uh, the province of Poitou, you've got surnames that are very similar to some of the surnames in uh, southern and southwestern Louisiana from the the Acadians. Um, And you see that same fervor, right, because the Acadians were willing to travel all the way from Nova Scotia to uh, keep the faith, right, to keep their culture. And uh, come all the way down to Louisiana. And the first thing they do, of course, the governor sends them a priest. They build a church in St. Martinville. And so Louisiana, uh, a friend of mine and I were talking and he said, you know, I think Louisiana is the new Vendee. And I said, you know, I think I agree with that. (laughs) This is kind of a place where we have to stand, you know, and fight because we have it's, it's fertile ground for it.
5: You, you live in the country, it's a rural part of the state, and it's a southern state. It, it's quite surprising that you were cancelled by one of your 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 uh, customers.
7: Why is that? Oh, it's just New Orleans.
5: Oh okay,
7: uh, gotcha. You know, New Orleans New Orleans has been very Americanized, very influenced by these outside ideologies it has a, a a horrible mayor right now. Mayor Cantrell, you're horrible. you need to resign. You know God love you, but you're not a good mayor. Uh, and you have issues um, so it and she's not from the this is the thing she's not even a louisianan so i'm I ashamed that i'm related to
3: happening. her are you really oh, <laughs> well so sorry the it's interesting though because louisiana is a, a great home of the catholic faith i've uh, taken pilgrimage in new orleans specifically because there's so many saints have walked the streets of new orleans and this is mm-hmm. a it's a very beautiful situation and uh, my friends with the the tfp have houses there in Lafayette and yes. New Orleans. And I've been out there to pray outside for the, uh, at the statue of St. Joan of Arc. I've been there for Holy Week. I've been there for processions there. And I love Louisiana. It's such a yeah. passion yes. of Catholicism, at least in its roots, in its history, and its lifeblood. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on like, retaking Louisiana? Is there any hope there?
7: Yes, because uh, deep down the people still know some way, even on some uh, perhaps subconscious level, that their culture is inextricable from their faith, um, and that's that was the that was you know culture is sort of like if faith is sort of the fertile ground, culture is the flowers, right? The yeah. different flowers uh, are the different cult- Catholic cultures that arise out of uh, out of the garden of the church, and you know the one that grew out of the church in Louisiana is the the lily, right? The fleur de lis. Beautiful. And so it's not – it 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 really, once you start to secularize the culture um, and try to preserve things in isolation, like preserve the language merely, right, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, why are we doing – if you look at Quebec and the silent revolution, I was talking to Mr. Weston about – well, he was telling me about the uh, silent revolution in Quebec. They they got rid of religion, but then hyper-focused on the, uh, the language, and it was just like, well, what are we doing? Like, it just – it has no – Foundation whatsoever. It's just this sort of like weird um, uh, item, this sort of particle of the culture in isolation, and and it sort sorts of to become this insane, irrational pursuit. And so, uh, no, I think there's still fertile ground there. There are many Catholics there, even if many of them are lukewarm or just culturally called you know call themselves Catholic, go to mass twice a year. Um, I think that there's, I think that that love. Where the culture is still so strong, and for that love for heredity, right, and for family and for tradition is still there, um, even if it's been suppressed by Americanization in many ways.
3: Uh, well, certainly, I think that
7: the Sacred Heart can lead the lead the charge, no doubt.
3: Well, certainly, okay. cool. I mean, just uh, thinking about the the song of fidelity, hold fast to every tradition and keep your land from all harm. Uh, the enemies of the mass are seeking yes. to trample scepter and cross. Uh, true heirs of daring crusaders a glorious triumph awaits that nothing stand in your way as you fight to reach heaven's gates it's such a beautiful beautiful song i, I highly recommend people check it out look up a uh, song of fidelity on youtube you'll find it Excellent. and this uh, this song uh, we're, we're just about out of time uh, let's uh, conclude here uh, how has the mass affected you and the holy eucharist affected you especially in regards to uh your devotion to the sacred heart
7: um well, like many people for many years, um, I was at the Nova Sordo, but it just got to a point where I, there was some incongruity I couldn't put my finger on, right? And But gratefully, I'm very grateful to a couple of good friends of mine who brought me to the traditional Latin Mass. And then everything that stems from that, it, you know, it's interesting how once I began attending the traditional Latin Mass, my theology got straightened out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, no, I owe everything to... Um, to the mass of all time, I owe everything to the great tradition of the church because it, you know, without that, I, I believe that the real fervence in the faith is lacking and, and the real understanding of what's at stake is lacking. And so I don't know that I would have stood strongly um, years ago without, yeah, without the influence of the the mass of all time, without the influence of the orthodoxy of
3: the church. So I'm Amen. very grateful amen yes the the mass should be a a bulwark should be a foundation which we can rest upon and that will lead us to great devotion in fact that's what we're going to be talking about next and i mean just uh, read that 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 lyric from the song again the enemies of the mass are now trampling reason and right vile men spread error confusion and doubt all day and all night very very beautiful Uh, go look up that song song of fidelity thank you ross mcknight god bless you god love you and have a blessed day Ave maria Ave maria blessed silas pray for us blessed Silos, pray, for, pray, pray us. for us amen 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 there you go and that's going to do it for the first hour if you could join us in the next hour we're going to be talking about america magazine says taylor swift's concerts feel like going to mass yikes we're going to correct that error coming up next my heart wasn't really life than what I was doing. I walked into the church and I uh, really believed that uh, putting my hand in the holy water that it was going to bubble over and the church was going to collapse and I was really nervous. I couldn't imagine life without being a part of the church. When I walk in the doors of the Catholic Church now, I feel alive, complete,
0: and at home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When determining specific moral truths, most Christian churches say they use the Bible. So it's safe to say that they have agreement on doctor-assisted suicide, abortion, contraception, and embryonic stem cell therapy. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a challenge for you. Speak with the five closest non-Catholic church pastors near to where you live. Inquire if they only use the Bible to determine their church stances on these issues. Secondly, my findings, there are some similarities on abortion, but varied with two key exemptions. No common stance on embryonic stem cell therapy, contraception was accepted by all, and no across-the-board agreement on doctor-assisted suicide. And thirdly, my comeback. Should these social issues of life really be determined through individual conviction? Well, maybe we should just leave the determinants of salvation up for grabs also. Remember, the ones Jesus called the least of these will always be in grave danger if their existence is left up to individual conviction. Finally, check the very stance of the Catholic Church on these weighty issues. It's impressive.
2: I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked.
6: The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Shining the light of truth on the path of salvation. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
8: I'm Dina Paduska from St. Elizabeth Dancing Catholic School. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Waterloo Radio Network, radio for your soul.
3: He talked a little bit about the mass and how the mass was uh, very impactful and very helpful for him in creating orthodoxy. You know, they say a law of prayer is the law of belief is a law of how you live your life. So if you don't pray well. If you don't believe well, then how are you supposed to live well? There's a Latin term for that. Lex Arandi, Lex Credendi, Lex Vivendi. Thank you. There you go. A very beautiful saying that we have to uh, keep in mind. And this reminded me, and it's kind of uh, triggered in my mind, this article from America Magazine, which if you're not aware, America Magazine is a Jesuit-run magazine. Very well known for being writing very dissident articles, though they allegedly are Catholic, or at least they're Jesuit. And this is why uh, many people refer to them because like, oh, well, the Jesuits wrote it. So it must be okay. And that's why it's very concerning. So this article written by Kevin Christopher Robles, which I was kind of surprised that this was written by a man. And you'll see why in a second, kind of a disordered attachment to Taylor Swift and and concerts in general. Uh, He says his uh, the article he wrote says Taylor Swift's Eras tour concert felt like felt a lot like going to mass now, that headline alone is very, very blasphemous right on its face, but we'll continue. He says, as I nervously made my way to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey on Memorial Day weekend for Taylor Swift's second show in the Garden State, I felt a queasiness I could not quell. I, it, was feeling, it was a feeling of both anticipation and terror. Anticipation for the night I had been waiting for for so long, and terror, yes, real terror, that it might not live up to my sky-high expectations. It reminded me, oddly enough, of going to church. There's a ritualistic safety to Mass. You always know what's going to come next, I guess. Uh, No matter who is celebrating it or what church you happen to find yourself in, I remember on vacation attending Mass at local parishes. It always started out a bit awkward, but eventually I melted into the familiar words and rhythms— feeling at home and secure. The only truly nerve-wracking part is the homily. With an unfamiliar priest and an unfamiliar parish, you always run the risk that you may not like what the particular priest has to say. Now, the first error he makes here is talking about what he likes. It's not about what you like. It's not about preference. It's about what is right and what is wrong. Is the priest preaching good things? Now, obviously, there is a preference element to it and say, okay, was he a good preacher or not? Did he have good rhetorical skill but the ultimately the real question is is he going to preach the gospel is he preaching the truth that's the only thing that we should truly be concerned with especially in situations when we're traveling now it is very strange his obsession with taylor swift which goes on he says that day i spent in new jersey taylor swift would be my pastor MetLife stadium my parish and the swifty community Of the tri-state area my congregation there would be familiarity there and safety but also uncertainty could it possibly be as good as i'd hoped i arrived at the venue a few hours early and which as i would approach going to mass at an unfamiliar parish i wanted to get there ahead of time try not to stand out and let the ceremony itself ease me into my surroundings thankfully swifties may well be the most welcoming group of people i have ever encountered He starts talking about him trading um, friendship bracelets with other people. I'm like, yikes. Okay, strange. He says, as conversation starts to flow easily about favorite songs, albums, rankings, and especially shared disdain for Swift's brief romantic dalliance with Maddie Healy, I have no idea who that is, Mm. my fear and anxiety started to disappear. (laughs) Disagreements about what we liked, or especially what we didn't like, were delivered casually, and reminded me oddly of the way academics and theologians wind up being friends with peers who hold vastly different views. He's comparing talking about the dating life of Taylor Swift to talking about theology and philosophy. This is very, this is very concerning. No, I'm still trying to
5: get over Taylor. He's a Taylor Swift fan.
3: Yeah, he's a Swifty. I Swiftie. can't get over that yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very disordered. This is a very disordered attachment. Um, he goes on, he talks more about the folk scene, how he likes the songs, yadda yada. talks about how packed it was and how the, she came out in her pink bodysuit. And yes, 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 goes oh. on further. So many of her fans at once, there was a thing that mattered most to her. She sang those words like a solemn vow, a promise that this night would be unforgettable. The crowd responded with rancorous applause. Somehow, Swift would keep this level of engagement for the entirety of her nearly three and a half hour set. Now he goes on, talks about pyranetics, yada, yada, yada. He goes on and on and on, talking about how great this concert was. But then he says, hmm, I think that this is something, that the church can learn something from this. He says, there's nothing I can say that can accurately thank you for doing that. Despite being shared by 74,000 people, the moment was special. It offered the kind of connection I wish I felt at times during the liturgy. So often the relationship between priest and layperson can feel distant, like the celebrant is just going through the motions, when your priest feels like he just wants wants the Mass to be done. It is hard for the congregation not to feel the same way. Let me tell you that Swift's congregation did not want to leave. Not even three hours in did I feel like any of us were ready for this to be over. In a strange way, one could say that my relationship with the Catholic Church is not all that dissimilar to my experience as a Swiftie. Neither of these two institutions... Are perfect Swift, at least, has no issue admitting her own faults. Many times over the years, she has criticized herself for being who she is. And I don't need to go into those details. Skipping ahead, she, he goes on talking about the church and the church needing to learn from Taylor Swift. And he says he concludes the article by saying it was like a reminder from Swift herself. Blind faith can only really lead you so far active engagement an admission to yourself that you're wandering aimlessly might just lead you to the right path. As Swift looked out into the audience with the confession that she herself had been worshiping an old love like a false god, she was giving us permission to stumble, fall, and find ourselves. Uh, thank you, Kevin Robles, for your poetry. Uh, this <laughs> is very concerning that America Magazine would promote this kind of article.
5: It's, it, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's it's a disorder to, to him to find something like that in a concert, but not in liturgy. I, he has his priorities wrong. He has his theology wrong. He's writing for the wrong magazine. He's pursuing the oh, wrong he's way. He's writing of for life. the right
3: magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <So laughs> Touche. The thing here, though, is that in one sense, he's not wrong. In one sense, he's not wrong because what has Mass become nowadays? Mass has basically become a concert and the priest becomes a performer. The priest goes up onto the quote unquote stage and he tries to perform for the congregation and he tries to entertain them. But when he tries to do that, he's going to fail when trying to compare to actual performances. If you're trying to compare yourself to a concert where there's pyronetics, where there's loud music, where there's skilled singing and dancing, well, then, of course, the priest It's not going to live up to those expectations. But that's not what Mass is for. That's not the intention of Holy Mass. It is a perversion of the theology of the Mass. And that is what causes this kind of diabolical confusion, this blasphemy of comparing the holy sacrifice of the Mass to a Taylor Swift conference. Now, the great St. Leonard of Port Maurice, who wrote the excellent book, which I cannot recommend enough, The Hidden Treasure of the Mass. Uh, Please pick up that book. I think Tan publishes it. Uh, It's an excellent book. I've read it. uh, I read the whole thing in one day because it was so good. And here is what he says. He starts off the book this way. He says, how it outrages one's patience to be obliged to listen to the insulting language of certain libertines, who from time to time utter scandalous propositions which savor of atheism and are the very bane of true piety. A Mass more or a Mass the less, says those impious people, counts for nothing. It is a hardship to be obliged to assist at Mass on holy days. The Mass of such a priest is as long as that of the Holy Week, and I always hurry out of the church when I see him approaching the altar. The person who speaks in this manner shows unmistakably that he has little or no respect for the most holy sacrifice of the Mass. Have you considered what the holy sacrifice of the mass really is? It is the son of Christianity, the soul of faith, the center of the Catholic religion, the ground object of all her rites, ceremonies, and sacraments. In a word, it is the condensation of all that is good and beautiful in the church of God. Now, let me beseech you who read these pages to ponder well on what I'm about to say to you in the following instruction. And he goes into the book, and I want to skip ahead to when he talks about what the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is. He says here on paragraph three or chapter three, he says, the principal excellence of the most holy sacrifice of the Mass consists in being essentially and in the very highest degree identical with that which was offered on the cross Of Calvary with this sole difference that the sacrifice of the cross was bloody and made once for all and did on that one occasion satisfy fully for all the sins of the world while the sacrifice of the altar is an unbloody sacrifice which can be repeated an infinite number of times and was instituted in order to apply in detail the universal ransom which Jesus paid for us on Calvary so that the bloody sacrifice was the instrument of redemption. The unbloody is that which puts us in possession. The one through open the treasury of the merits of Christ our Lord, the other affords the practical use of that treasury. And therefore observe that in mass there is not, there is, let me repeat this, there is made not a mere representation nor a simple commemoration of the passion and death of the Redeemer. But there is performed in a certain true sense, the self-same, most holy act which was performed on Calvary. It may be said with all truth that in every mass, our Redeemer returns mystically to die for us without really dying. At one and the same time, really alive And as it were slain, I saw a lamb standing as it were slain. Now, he goes on much further and he explains the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in great detail. And I cannot recommend enough. I actually did a talk on the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass based on this book. And maybe I'll send that out to our email list this Friday. So if you're on our email list or if you'd like to be on our email list, go do so. I'll send you that talk because this is a grave error. People do not understand what mass is supposed to be. It is the holy sacrifice at Calvary. It is the propitiatory sacrifice. The point of mass, I was with a friend of mine going to a holy mass together, and they made the comment that they were uh, like, oh, you know, I, can't retain, I may not be able to receive holy communion, so should I even go to mass? And the answer is, of course. Of course, because the holy sacrifice the mass is not about you. It's not about you. It's about our Lord. The reception of Holy Communion is good and it's beneficial and it's something that is laudable. You should receive Holy Communion if you are in a state and you're mentally prepared and you're prayerfully prepared to receive him, then yes, receive Holy Communion. But it's not about receiving Holy Communion. That's not what Holy Sacrifice in the Mass is about. It's about worship of Almighty God. It's about fulfilling the obligation and the virtue of religion which is to give justice to God. It is to give to God what he deserves. And what does God deserve? Any of our sacrifices, all of our merits, all of our, even if we shed our blood for the faith, it would be nothing in comparison to offering the holy sacrifice of the mass to almighty God. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. Something that we have to keep on the forefront of our mind, lest we fall into the error in saying, hey, maybe a concert is like the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Maybe going to see my favorite performer is better than Mass. Maybe the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass can learn from people like Taylor Swift. No, that's an error. That's a grave error. So keep that in mind today. Instead of reading or going to a Taylor Swift concert, go pick up Hidden Treasure of the Mass by St. Leonard of Port Maurice and take a read. I'd be very curious to know what you think. But we're going to go into our game show. Speaking of fear and trembling, of working out our salvation, we're going to be playing our Fear and Trembling game show. You could be a winner. How? Just call in 877-757-9424, 877 757 9424 that's the number to call we take the first caller and i guarantee you will have a great opportunity to win 8777579424 one last time 8777579424 we'll be right back with fear and trembling right after this
0: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no comment. There. Secondly, you're gonna walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes, every Sunday at Mass. That's how I know objectively that Christ is in me.
4: Uh, Started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing Mass, and it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I feel like I'm whole again. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our our lives are rich and full by being members of the church.
0: If you've been away
4: from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org.
3: Seven five seven ninety four twenty four. And that's the number to call to be part of our Fear and Trembling Game Show, where we give out prizes and you certainly have so many opportunities to win. This game. You may be asking, well, what am I listening to? What exactly is going on here? I don't really know what's, uh, what all this is about. Well, you are listening to the Fear and Trembling Game Show, the Catholic trivia game show where we give up prizes and you can win. I have three Catholic trivia questions right here in front of me. And the trick is, I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Tito the questions, and Tito's going to give me an answer. What your job is, is to discern whether or not Tito is right or whether or not he is wrong, which means even if you don't know anything about these questions, if you're like, I don't know anything about these questions, then even if you just guess, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the answer correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win?
5: Thank you, Agent, for asking. The Fear and Trembling Prize for today is a Sacred Heart T-shirt from For His Glory Company. For His Glory Company provides high quality, one-of-a-kind Christian t-shirts and products. Not found in stores. Their website
3: is hisgloryco.com. Thank you to hisgloryco.com for your generous sponsorship of this week's prize. Now, the no phone number to call, 877-757-9424. We take the first caller. I'm looking over on my left here, looking at the calls. And we have uh the good news is we have a perfect opportunity. If you call now, you will be the contestant to win this week's prize. You could be a winner. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And that's the number you can call now. And we always take the first caller, so make sure that you are, uh, get a chance to win the prize this week. Uh, we just very blessed. A couple of callers just came through. And so make sure if you don't get on today that you call back in tomorrow because tomorrow's the day when we actually give out the prize. So if you don't get on today, there's still one more chance to win the Sacred Heart t-shirt from For His Glory Company. So if you don't get on today, that's what you got to do. So thank you to everyone who called in. The phone lines just lit up. And so if you don't, if you're not the contestant today, call in tomorrow. And you can call in early and wait on hold if you'd like. So we're going to give away that Sacred Heart T-shirt tomorrow for His Glory Company. And so you can write this number down, 877-757-9424. Write that number down. And make sure that you put us on your speed dial so that way we can make sure we can, uh, you can call us in and be the first caller on the line. And remember, you can always go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And there we can always make sure that, uh, you find our contact information that will be listed in our website, on our website rather, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. So make sure you take care of that. Uh, let's see here. Um, which we have a number of people that called in. Uh, good morning to you, Teresa.
8: Yes. Hi.
3: Howdy, Teresa. How are you this morning?
8: Oh, good. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Too blessed to be stressed, I might say. Uh, where are you calling from, Teresa? I'm
8: calling from only Maryland.
3: Oh, Maryland. Uh, we got a Maryland caller on the line. Where in Maryland, did you say?
8: Only, O-L-N-E-Y.
3: Oh, Only Maryland. I've never heard of Only Maryland. Where is that in relation to uh, D.C.?
8: It's about 15 miles north.
3: 15 miles north. And so where are you off to this morning? Work. Work. Uh, you're working in, uh, are you heading into the, uh, the the Holy Land, where they have that Holy Land Basilica there? That's beautiful over there. Uh, where do you work at?
8: It's beautiful. I work at a hospital in Prince George's County, so not too far.
3: Ah, praise be to God. Well, thank you for your work in the hospital. That's pretty amazing. Uh, And what is Only Maryland known for?
8: Horses. It used to be the countryside and horses, and now it's outer suburbia.
3: Oh, there you go. Well, we love horses. I actually don't think I've ever ridden a horse before. I've gotten. I've been on a horse, and they kind of like trotted it along. But I don't think I've like ever ridden, ridden a horse, like actually ridden a horse. I would love to do that at some point. Uh, but thank you very much, Teresa, for calling in. I love that name, Only Maryland. I was like, am I hearing that right? Only. That's pretty cool. It's a cool name. Uh, but uh, Teresa, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how to play?
8: Yeah. Yes, it's been a while, though.
3: Okay, perfect. So you are, in fact, a veteran then. I didn't know. I admit, did not recognize the voice. Well, thank you very much for calling in again. But the, uh, the game is very simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions. I'm going to ask Tito the questions. You just got to figure out whether or not he's telling you the truth or whether or not he's trying to deceive you. Uh, so are you ready to play the game? Ready. All right, then, Teresa, let's start. Uh, Tito, the question on the board. All right. and right. Let's jump into it. A question on the board, this is, uh, as I would say, a Catholic trivia question, so let's start here. In the Anglican Church, can priests marry? Ah, yes.
5: This one I know because uh, Pope Benedict uh, established the ordinariate for former Anglicans, Methodists, and others of that persuasion to enter the church, and my pastor used to be an Episcopalian priest. Really? Yes. Now he's my pastor with his wife and three kids. So. Oh. Yes, I would say that, yes, in the Anglican Church, priests can marry.
3: Well, there you go, folks. Uh, Priests can marry in the Anglican Church. Uh, Teresa, 15 seconds on the clock. Uh, Tito seems to think that in the Anglican Church, priests can, in fact, marry. Uh, What say you, Teresa? Is he telling you the truth, or is he trying to deceive you? What say you, Teresa, from Only Maryland? Yes, he's
8: telling the truth.
3: He's telling the truth," she says. Yeah. Way to go, Teresa! That is, in fact, correct. It is uh, true. The Anglicans—they allow their priests to get married. Also, they—they uh, they let women be priests over there too. It's kind of, kind of weird. I don't know if I yep. Say so myself. But Teresa, you're doing a great job. You got one for one so far. Are you ready for question number two? Yep. <laughs> All right. I hope you are uh, well read on your sacraments. So here is the question, Tito. Uh huh. The question on the board. This sacrament confers comforting grace on its recipient, as well as remission of venial sins and uninculpably unconfessed sin. What sacrament am I referring to? Ah, uh, yes.
5: Fortunately, I ha- it's called, I believe, Last Rites. My mother and my father in law, we brought them Last Rites thought, thinking they were near uh, their eternal reward, and uh, miraculously they both recuperated. So I, b- I think the technical term is the anointing of the sick.
3: So you're going with anointing of the sick? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, Teresa. 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, the sacrament confers comforting grace on its recipient as well as remission of venial sins in inculpably unconfessed sin. Tito seems to think it's called the anointing of the sick. What say you, Teresa?
8: Tito's right.
3: Tito is right. No hesitation. None whatsoever. And that is correct. She knew it. Very good. Way wow. to go, Teresa. Very Impressive. easy. I knew you would get it. Now, quite. The uh, the tricky thing is, at first Tito said uh, last rites, but anointing a sick is just one aspect of last rites. That's, oh, that's so right. So that would have been it was a almost a tricky question, almost a tricky right. question. But you got it, Teresa. Could not be deceived. You would not let the trickiness of uh, Tito get to you. Are you ready for question number three, Teresa? Yes. Now I'm looking at this question, Teresa, and I gotta say, this one. My this one's kind of tricky. This one's kind of tricky. We're, we'll see how you do. We'll see how you do. Uh, I'm thinking that this probably is, in fact, the trickiest question we've had today. Are you ready, Teresa? Yep. Let's do it. All right, Tito. Okay. That's... Deep breath. Deep breath. <sighs> okay. Okay. Shake it off. On which two days of Holy Week is the Passion of Our Lord chanted?
5: Ah, the chanted English chant. In the English patrimony, or some people call it Anglican tradition, or the Serum Rite, it is called Monday Thursday and Holy Saturday.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. Maundy Thursday. Not Monday Thursday. No, no, no. Okay. Maundy. Maundy. Monday yeah. Thursday. My Thursday. And Holy Saturday. And Holy Saturday. Okay. Yes. That's, yes. That's what you're going with. I'm I'm running with it. All right, Teresa. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board. On which two days of Holy Week is the Passion of Our Lord chanted? Tito seems to think it's Maundy Thursday and Holy Saturday. Uh, what say you, Teresa? Hopefully you can remember back to uh, this last Lent and this last Holy Week. What say you, Teresa, from Only Maryland? Uh, he's
8: wrong. It's Palm Sunday and Holy Thursday.
3: Well, that is, in fact, correct. Correct. Kinda, kinda correct. Kind of. Kind of correct. Kind of. Kind of correct. You are correct that, uh, that, Tito was, that Tito was wrong. Correct. Um, but you are 50% correct on the correct days. The correct days are Palm Sunday, so you got that one right, and Good Friday very very close very close. very close you were skin of your teeth you you almost got it but uh yeah that was uh, a that, uh, that was that was good though that was yeah. good. i don't know if i would have got that if uh just off the cuff right there but very good to uh, teresa you're clearly a woman of great liturgical expertise are you uh, secretly a liturgical scholar <laughs> liturgist
4: <laughs> yes.
3: yes 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 totally 100% <laughs> i believe it Uh, Don't fact-check. Nobody fact-check anything. Uh, (laughs) All right, Teresa. God bless you. God love you. I hope you have a blessed day, and I hope everything goes well at the hospital today. Uh, But we'll put you on hold, and we'll make sure to get your contact information.
8: Okay. All right. Thank you.
3: You're very welcome. and put you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show, well, please do so. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter. Look us up on all those platforms. Just type in Catholic Drive Time, and we'll be sure to make sure that we are uh, connected with you and we can chat with you about whatever it is you want to talk about. We have uh, all sorts of things that we could talk about. But if not, we'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon. We'll be right back. Thank
2: you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
0: Guadalupe Radio
3: Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
10: Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Thursday of the 11th week in Ordinary Time, feasts of saints john fisher and thomas More. this holy sacrifice of the mass is being offered for all those listening in on the guadalupe radio network and all of our online viewers praise my soul the king of heaven To his feet thy tribute bring Ransom healed, restored, forgiven Evermore his praises sing Alleluia, alleluia Praise the everlasting King
6: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
10: And with your spirit.
6: Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to To Almighty Almighty God, God. and And to to you, you, my my brothers brothers and sisters,
10: Lord have mercy,
9: Lord have mercy.
10: Christ have mercy,
9: Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. mercy.
6: Let us pray. O God, who in martyrdom have brought true faith to its highest expression, graciously grant that, strengthened through the intercession of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, we may confirm by the witness of our life the faith we profess with our lips. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, if only you would put up with a little foolishness from me. Please put up with me, for I am jealous of you with the jealousy of God, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that, as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts may be corrupted from a sincere and pure commitment to Christ. For if someone comes and preaches another Jesus than the one we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it well enough. For I think that I am not in any way inferior to these super-apostles. Even if I am untrained in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. In every way we have, been, we have made this plain to you in all things. Did I make a mistake when I humbled myself so that you might be exalted? Because I preached the gospel of God to you without charge. I plundered other churches by accepting from them in order to minister to you. And when I was with you and in need, I did not burden you. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. So I refrained and will refrain from burdening you in any way. By the truth of Christ in me, this boast of mine shall not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. And why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. The word of the Lord.
10: Thanks be to God.
6: Your works, O Lord, are justice and truth.
10: Your works, O Lord, are justice and truth.
6: I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, in the company and assembly of the just. Great are the works of the Lord, exquisite in all their delights.
10: Your works, O Lord, are justice and truth.
6: Majesty and glory are his work, and his justice endures forever. He is one renowned for his wondrous deeds, Gracious and merciful is the Lord.
10: Your works, O Lord, are justice and truth.
6: The works of his hands are faithful and just. Sure are all his precepts, reliable forever and ever, wrought in truth and equity.
10: Your works, O Lord, are justice and truth. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. received a spirit of adoption as sons, through which we cry, Abba, Father, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
6: The Lord be with you.
10: And with your spirit.
6: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
10: Glory to you, O Lord.
6: Jesus said to his disciples, In praying, do not babble like the pagans, who think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you are to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you forgive others their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. The Gospel of the Lord.
10: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
6: St. Augustine once defined prayer very simply as being an exercise of desire. In other words, every time we come to pray, it is an expression of our desire to be in relationship with God, to be in communion with God. And this in and of itself, we know, is the Lord's gift to us. God became one of us so that we might be able to enter into an intimate relationship with him, and therefore prayer is an opportunity for us to express our gratitude for this invitation from the Lord, and really to express our desire to be in his presence and to be in relationship with him. I suppose if we consider that the goal of our life is to live in communion with the Most Holy Trinity— then what could be more important in this world than to express our desire to want to be in God's presence and to want to be in relationship with him? In today's gospel, Jesus teaches us really what the best prayer is when he gives us the Lord's Prayer. But before offering the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells us first to not babble in our prayer, in our communication with God. Babbling, I suppose, we could consider to be Kind of mindless repetition where we're saying the words and we're kind of going through the motions but perhaps our hearts and minds are somewhere far away. It reminds us that in our prayer life our relationship with God is called to be something which is personal and intimate. In other words that our prayer is really a communication of our heart to the Lord an openness to receive what the Lord has to tell us and a way for us to be intimate with Him and to be close with Him, and this would definitely exclude merely going over rote words without having our mind assenting to what we're saying or without being conscious of our presence in our relationship with God. And this brings us to the Lord's Prayer. It's interesting, sometimes as a priest you get people asking you for special prayers for this occasion or that occasion or for this intention or that intention, And of course, there are many very beautiful prayers which are out there, but today reminds us that the most important prayer is one we have already been given by Jesus, and that is the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer really weds for us our desire to live in heaven and to be in God's presence, all the while recognizing that we are wayfarers, or pilgrims on this earth on our journey toward God. In fact, the seven petitions of the Our Father They really are all geared toward our safe arrival in heaven and they all concern the things of heaven while we are living in a way in danger here on this earth. As a result, the Lord's Prayer is really the perfect prayer to set us on the path of heaven, to kind of free us from being overly self-centered or focused on the things of this world, but to make sure that we remember and God becoming one of us and kind of offering a sort of marriage between heaven and earth, that we who are on this earth are called to be lifted up to heaven and into communion with him. And the Lord's Prayer is that perfect prayer Jesus gives us that sets us on our way toward our heavenly destination. His encyclical on hope when speaking about prayer, Pope Benedict XVI said that prayer should be something which is personal and intimate, and at the same time guided by the great prayers of the Church. Personal and intimate meaning that it's coming from our heart that we are fully invested and engaged in our relationship with God, but guided by the prayers of the Church, which of course includes the Our Father as a centerpiece of that, so that our prayer doesn't merely become our own babbling or our own words which we're offering to God, that somehow can drift off into a kind of self-centeredness as opposed to really being purified into what is most important to ask god for and to be in relationship with him and so my brothers and sisters as we go forward today let us in the first place give thanks to god for the gift of prayer to know that it really is an expression of our desire to be in communion with him to be in his presence and there's nothing more important than this because this is what eternal life will be for us And let us ask, God, that we would always earnestly, with fervor and intention, pray the Lord's Prayer with full mind and heart to know that it is the prayer the Lord gave us. It is the prayer that sets us on a safe course in our journey from this earth toward heaven. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: We pray for government leaders, that they would be guided by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that safeguard and protect the dignity of human life from the first moment of conception and laws that would not transgress the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, For those who have asked for our prayers and for those enrolled in the salt mass association we pray to the lord
10: lord hear our prayer
6: we pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life we pray to the lord
10: lord hear our prayer
6: we pray for an increase in the gift of prayer in our lives that we would always take time to be in the lord's presence and to express our desire to be with him we pray to the lord
10: lord hear our prayer
6: for those intentions that behold in our heart we pray to the lord
10: lord hear our prayer
6: merciful father we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through christ our lord
10: amen let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly-minded, for with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descendeth to demand. King of kings, yet born of Mary, as of old on earth he stood. Lord of lords, in own self for heavenly food
6: pray brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to god the almighty father
10: may the lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church
6: favor, O Lord, we pray on the offerings we set upon this sacred altar on the feast day of blessed John Fisher and Thomas More, that bestowing on us your pardon, our oblations may give honor to your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
10: And with your spirit.
9: Lift up your hearts.
10: We lift them up to the Lord.
9: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
10: It is right and just.
9: It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For you are glorified when your saints are praised. Their very sufferings are but wonders of your might. In your mercy you give ardor to their faith, to their endurance you grant firm resolve, and in their struggle the victory is yours through Christ our Lord. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we with all the hosts of angels Cry out And without end we acclaim
10: Sanctus, Sanctus Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth Plenis Sanctus un terra, terra, gloria, gloria Tua Hosanna in excelsis Benedictus Quivenit in nomine Domini Hosanna in excelsis
6: You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray.
9: The mystery of faith
10: We proclaim your death, O Lord And profess your resurrection Until you come again
6: Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection We offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation Giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember your servant Catherine, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that she who was united with your Son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection.
9: Through him and with him and in him. O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutare bis moniti, et divina institutione formati, Aude mus in dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tu. Adveniat regnum tu. Fiat voluntas tua, ut in celo et in terra. Anem nostrum coditianum, Da nobis hordie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostri et nenos inducas in, in tentationem, sed liberanos amano. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days.
10: Mi peace on you stay peccata mundi Mi peace on you stay quit all peccata mundi For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? And how reveal this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought? Sweet sacrament, we thee.
6: Let us pray. O God, who in your holy martyrs have wonderfully made known the mystery of the cross, graciously grant that, drawing strength from this sacrifice, we may cling faithfully to Christ and labor in the Church for the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
10: And with your spirit.
6: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.
10: Thanks be to God. Salve, Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Et spes nostra salve. A te clamamu, Sulas filliave autus spiramus gemantes at flantes inoculacri marum vale.
3: The Prayer to Saint Michael Saint Michael the Archangel.
8: I peace always in the name of Christ our Lord, amen.
6: Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network Radio for your soul.
7: Hi, I'm Taylor. I go to the Corpus Christi Catholic